Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of The Antidote. We here again. We here again. And just so you know, we're going to be going on hiatus for a few weeks, a little summer break. But don't worry, hotties, we'll be back September 14th. So in the meantime, don't be a stranger. Send us your antidotes. And if you have any requests for an antidote and anything you want to tell us that is bringing you joy, send us that too. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. Or you can also go to our website, antidoteshow.org. So, girl, I don't know if you've seen this, um, but the other day I was like in a meeting. I can't even remember who I was meeting. And then all of a sudden I get a little alert that says that uh, Governor Newsom is declaring a state of emergency in oh, California yeah. uh, <laughs> because of monkeypox, bitch. I'm overwhelmed by this. I can't. Take another pandemic. I'm like, we j- we barely are out of this panini. We're actually fully still inside the sandwich. Still in the panini, We're inside yeah. the panini still. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. there's something else coming up. The panini is still on the George Foreman grill cooking. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And, and sprinkle uh, some monkeypox in there. Now we got to be sprinkled with monkeypox. And I am staying in a hotel this month. And I'm just like Wait, worried what? about For that the shit. month? Well, no. Well, this month I'm going on a short oh, trip. Oh, got you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, Grace, what's happening? I have a, I no, have a guest that, that, <laughs> I was like, come stay with me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to, uh, to that long. Um, I'm just going for a few days, but it's going to be at a hotel. And I heard that like you could get it from bedding. So obviously I'm just no. like, but what? What? And so um, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I guess I'm going to bring like my own pillowcase or some shit. I don't know. Sleep because standing up. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Because at least COVID, we didn't have to worry about the bed sheets. But now you got to worry about the bed sheets. Because mm. if somebody infected sleeps in your bed, you could get it like that. Why would someone be sleeping in your brand new hotel room? That's not going to happen, Grace. That's not going to happen. Oh, You're more likely to get I mean, bed bugs in New York. I mean, than I, I don't know. I don't know who slept there the night before. Sometimes they'd be trifling. Did they really change the sheets? You know what I'm saying? What if mm. the person who's changing the sheet has monkeypox? Oh, no, I didn't even think about that. They shouldn't be at work, though. But then again, you don't know because, did you read this? The incubation period is like two, 7 to 21 days. I was like, that's too long. That's so you don't know you have it for 7 to 21 days. So somebody could be at work changing my hotel sheets and be like, monkeypox. I get monkeypox from just laying in the hotel bed. You know what you so, need. So, bitch, I'm going to uh, bring my own pillowcase. Yeah. Bring a flat sheet, and then I, you know, I always bring my weighted blanket wherever I go. So yeah, that'll be on top that. of me, and I'm gonna throw that other sheet off of me. 
you know? Yeah. You you just burrito yourself in your weighted blanket, then you're just covered in your sheet. Yeah. Also, we were on Bridger Weiniger's podcast, I Said No Gifts, and I gifted him a clean pod, which is a electrical device that cleans <laughs> germs off of luggage. And I like, should, maybe I you need one of those. I kept that for myself. I, you maybe see, you I ordered that. one in the in the mail, but it hasn't come yet. And I leave. Oh, my gosh. So I'm just like, what do I do? I'm going to go to Target and see if they have one in there. Okay, they might. They might. I I feel like whatever you need to do. I had an old therapist at the very beginning of the pandemic, and she was like, whatever you need to do to feel safe, do it. Because I was like, I'm going to be crazy and do this thing. And she's like, why is it crazy? It makes you feel safe. So just do it, you know? And so I'm like, bring those yeah, bring those pillowcases. Your pillowcases are going to be nicer than the hotels anyway. It doesn't matter what hotel. Yours are mm-hmm. what? Brooklinen. One <laughs> yes. of our sponsors. One of our so sponsors. Nice. Thank you, Brooklinen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Um, yeah, I can't think about it. Uh, I'll be in New York, so I'm going to go see a Broadway show. I just like, Ooh, I just got to wear my mask there. and long sleeves. I ain't touching nobody. No, yeah. You better wear a coat, even though it's summertime. Black monkey fox, man. It's just once again, 2021 and 2022 would like to have a word. Hold my bag. (laughs) (laughs) They both said, they both did the usher. Watch this. Watch this. Do, 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 do. Watch this. Okay. Well, we wouldn't need the antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Well, we're starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. Um, first up, I don't know if everybody has heard about, like I, I was seeing memes about Chick-fil-A online and I wasn't really sure why. And now I know why. So there's a Chick-fil-A location in Henderson, North Carolina that decided to give out chicken sandwiches, dot, 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 if you volunteered your time. They posted, and I quote, we are looking for volunteers for our new drive through Express. They posted it on Facebook and said that you could earn five free entrees per shift, aka one hour worked. That is trifling. I, I just have to say, I mean, I, Chick-fil-A is trifling anyway because, you know, they are dipped in homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I didn't grow up with Chick-fil-A, but... Um, I even had some gay friends who were just like, ooh, girl, that chicken is worth the homophobia. So I, I said, well, let me see. Let me see what this chicken sandwich is talking about. And it was, I have to say, it's a regular-ass chicken sandwich, y'all. Like, it's yeah, not even that good. Um, it is Wendy's spicy chicken, much superior um, to oh. Chick-fil-A. But <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? This seems like... You want to pay people in chicken sandwiches? Like, Loki, I'm just like, it is, feels a little racist too. It's just like, oh, you blacks like chicken. Y'all gonna Don't you want to come? Don't you want to come and work for food or whatever? Like we did on the plantation, my dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it feels like serfdom to me. You know, <laughs> like, like, nah, man, that is not even. The part that made me mad was that the restaurant operator at that location, his name is Joel Benson, um, he responded to the backlash on Thursday, July 28th on Facebook and said, quote, after carefully reviewing claims, we have decided to stop this program and not move forward any further. This idea was a little too creative and the consequences unintended. Creative. End quote. I'm like, creative. Uh, I can think of some other words because creative is doing a lot of work in that sentence. 
a little too cheap. I mean, a little too cheap. Thank you. Nail you know what I'm says. saying? Y'all broke. Like, what's <laughs> what's going on with Chick Fil A? Well, that's not the only bummer of the week. Something else just like made me feel wild this week. There's a man in San Francisco who got a parking ticket after the curb he was parked by got repainted during the night. So this couple, it's actually a man and his wife, are fighting the ticket for parking in a red zone after the curb was repainted red while his car was parked in the spot. They've lived in San Francisco for decades. Like many people in the city, parking has been tough. But they had their own faithful parking spot on one corner. And then one day walked out, there's a $180 ticket, and the curb was freshly red. (laughs) Again, we got to ask, y'all broke? Again, y'all broke? Like, y'all broke? what? what is happening? Like, why is everybody acting so weird? Um, yeah. I mean, if I park my car there and it's red the next morning, you cannot give me a ticket. And then also no. it feels like a sneak attack because I'm sure they parked their car in the evening uh-huh. and they woke up in the morning. I was like, the ticket was already there. Like, why would you do this? Once you paint the curb or whatever, you would even put a warning on there being like, you can't park here anymore. Yes, it's also crazy because of two reasons. Desiree, um, who's the wife of the man whose car got ticketed, um, she said it's clear that it wasn't there before, that the stripe wasn't Mm -hmm. there before because the city missed a spot so as not to paint their Honda's tire. (laughs) And then part two, the guy, Jeff, he's a painter. So he also was able to be like, this is fresh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like a detective, he was like, I'm a painter. I know when paint is fresh and this is fresh. And I'm just like, once you, it's gotten to this PR level, just, just take the ticket off. I mean, like, obviously you guys did something shady. So just take it off. Like, what is all this fighting back or like, oh, we didn't mean to or whatever. So, you know, just don't even make these people have to go to court to fight this ticket. Like, you gotta just, just, y'all need $180 from these people. Just, (laughs) just let them go. Let let them, let them. And, you know, they won't park there anymore. That's, that's, (laughs) I'll tell you that much. That's it. Uh, After hearing these two news stories, how are you feeling, Grace? Not great. Um, Monkeypox, <laughs> paying people in chicken, uh, <laughs> illegal parking tickets. Uh, what a what a world we live in. How do what you a world. Uh, you know, not much better, honestly. <laughs> okay, let's get into the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and the things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. So Grace, besides twerking nonstop to Beyonce's new album (laughs) because I know we're still on that. What was your other antidote this week, Grace? Um, Well, my other antidote is I made a new friend this week. Oh, oh my God. Now I want to meet them. Nice. So anyway, so the how I made this new friend is uh, we have a mutual friend um, and this person uh, is in the industry and Mm -hmm. I think is trying to make a transition um, to, from drama to comedy. And so right. I was introduced to this person. And so, you know, we had a lovely Zoom. And then um, I sort of offhandedly mentioned, I was like, oh, you know, um, I know you're new-ish to the city. Like, let's um, get burned some time if you want to. 
not thinking anything of it. Because, you know, most times you throw that kind of thing out and it never happens. And then he hit me up later and he was just like, want to go to brunch? And I was like, yes. And so uh, we went to brunch this weekend and we just had a lovely time. We just uh, we just talked and, you know, just new little friend. And um, he even told me, he's like, you're funny. You should do stand up. I was like, oh, new <laughs> thank you. So, uh, so yeah, we just had a lovely brunch and, you know, it, it has been a minute since I can say I made a new friend. And so even before the pandemonium, I feel like, yeah, it would be an events or whatever, but it would just be like, a very quick kiki, a very simple joy this week, um, meeting a new friend that I could talk to sometimes, you know. So that was my antidote. What about yours, Amy? What, would, what, what was your antidote this week? Well, I love to tie our antidotes together and I'm going to find a little tie, tiny tie, is that you spontaneously went to brunch with a new friend. And that, in fact, was my antidote, spontaneity. I Like, uh, literally... A loke rubbing off on you. A loke rubbed off on me. Our talk with a loke has stuck with me this whole summer. I've been, since, since we interviewed them, it's been on my mind to, like, try and lean into moments of spontaneity. Because I feel, like you know, I feel the most spontaneous when I'm on vacation, but Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to schedule a vacation. I was just, I had too much work this summer and um, I have a vacation coming up like in September, but it's so far away, like, or it felt so far away. And I was like, how do I get spontaneous now? And I did a few spontaneous things in this past week. I, one night was out, like, um, having wine with a friend. And then some people at another table were like talking about this dive bar they were going to. And my friend was like, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And at first, my first instinct was, no, I don't know them. I'm going to go home. But literally they were like, y'all want to come? And we were like, yeah. And we went and it was so fun to go to a bar I'd never been to and be at a dive bar, hanging out with people I don't know, I may never see again. And also they were younger than me. So like when I bought everybody a drink, they were like, oh my God, that is so nice. And I was like, it's a dive bar. The drinks were like $2. Um, I'm like, it's fine. But I felt like their rich older friend. (laughs) A round of drinks on me. Yeah, exactly. Two buck chuck for everyone. But then I also had an impromptu girls night with two of my girlfriends who recently met through me. And then they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, we should hang out again. And we were all like, yeah. And then it was like, you know, like you said, you say that shit all the time. Like, let's hang out again. And then it happened. And we Mm -hmm. were like, we did it. We literally spent like five minutes just being like, we did it. We said we were going to do a thing and we did it. (laughs) So spontaneity was my antidote. And I want to keep trying to lean into that. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. Um, I'm so happy that you took some spontaneous moments. Uh, yeah, this I was on my airy shit, Grace. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, that's great. I mean, um, I, as you know, I love spontaneity. I love like waking mm-hmm. up and being like, I don't know what I'm doing today. Like Truth there's nothing that will stress me out more than seeing a full calendar. For Opposite day. girl. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and yeah, everything that you do, I'm just like, oh, that sounds like every torture day of my life. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm really happy that um you found joy in it. It didn't seem like you you felt stressed out by it or no. anything like that. So so I feel like that's a good deci- like good sign that you um 
can do more of that and um, Mm -hmm. it'll be good. Yeah. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Our brilliant, hilarious, and gorgeous guest is a writer, comedian, author, actress, and publishing maven. She co-hosted the podcast Two Dope Queens, and her latest book, Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes, is a New York Times bestseller. She created and stars in the new freeform TV series, Everything's Trash. She is more obsessed with Peloton than Grace. And if you've watched her show... You know she pronounces bergamot like bergamot. <laughs> Please welcome PV Robinson. Woo-hoo! That was so good. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why you want to have me and me and Phoebe beefing over Peloton like right off the jump, but cool, cool. <laughs> I gotta call cool. it like I see it. I mean, y'all both have cute little tissues, <laughs> but I just want you to know <laughs> that the obsession is mutual. You have something yeah. in common. Uh, well, you are very impressive, Phoebe. But we are not here to talk about your many, many, many accomplishments. We mm-hmm. are here to get deep. Yeah. Yes. Let's check in first. How are you feeling today? Like for real, not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you? Making you feel I'm good? Feeling, I'm feeling good. I am burnt out from work, but I feel like I got to see my brother and sister-in-law this week. So it was like nice Aww. to see family. Mm. They were in town. So that was super cute. I think COVID just kind of made me like so scared to go outside. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten it yet. Knock on wood. Oh my gosh. Oh, me too. And you've been uh, on we, set, yeah, like, oh here my, with that. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm so nervous about it. And like, you know, when I was shooting the show, we got tested three times a week. And so I would like go to set, come home. Like I wasn't really like doing much. And so I'm just trying to be like, girl, are you just going to stay inside for the rest of your life? Yeah. So now I'm just like, I have, I have brunch with a friend, mm-hmm. Nori Davis. Who's oh, so I love Nori. Yeah. Nori. Yeah. Yes. I had brunch with him today and it was so nice. We just like went to a cute little restaurant in Carroll Gardens and like hung out for three hours and just like, it was so cute. And I was like, I just got to live my life again. I think that's where I'm at. But I think I just am sort of returning to this new version of myself. And so I'm just trying to get to know her right now. Yeah. I'm like, that's really special. And I think that's something that feels like a good transition into a new self. And I want to keep those good vibes going. We need that right now. So what is your antidote? In other words, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this month? So literally, I feel like my my evolution is I'm just turning into... Um, like Gwyneth Paltrow meets Brene Brown. Those are two good people to combine. Those are two good <laughs> white ladies to combine, honestly. <laughs> I know. So I started keeping a gratitude journal that I write in. You write mm-hmm. in the morning and the evening of each day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been like a good thing that I'm doing. And I'm meditating. I try to meditate five times a week to sort of just like, nice. you know, I, I, the going to therapy, I started going like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and, you know, I realized I'm emotion minded. And so mm-hmm. it's really good for me to just have meditation as a way to sort of just start the day sort of even, cause I know that I can just be, you know, I'm a passionate person. Yeah. So I need mm-hmm. to just sort of like ground myself mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I won't be as passionate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I've never heard that phrase. Could you describe what emotion minded is? 
Yeah. So it's like basically like if something happens, good or bad, it could be stressful, it could be exciting. Whatever emotion I feel is like what happens first and then my brain catches. Oh. I could be like stressed out about something and I'll catastrophize instead of just like, then if I give myself like an hour, I can be like, oh, here's the way that I could approach this and it's Mm. fine. But I just go with like whatever emotion invokes in me and that's what happens first. And so I have to like sort of play catch up mentally. Oh, wow. I love that. I can relate to that a lot. Um, Phoebe, let me ask you another question. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say is your proudest non-career accomplishment? Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. I think my proudest accomplishment is probably that I became a traveler. Like I used to not really travel and experience the world just because I financially couldn't afford it. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, my parents weren't really travelers. (laughs) I love them, but they like, they like to just be at home. They don't like to go out to restaurants. They just like to to do their own thing. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, once I like paid off my credit card debt and my student loans, like summer of 2017, I just like, you know, would travel to see you two concerts or, you know, (laughs) I know you and Bono have a special relationship. Yeah. I love my, my, I love my, um, short King Bono. Um, (laughs) and you know, I'm going on solo vacay at the end of the month and I'm just like really, enjoying just sort of experiencing other cultures and whether it's the food or just like, you know, going to sort of like tourist attractions. It's just really nice to, you know, you, once you have like your routines, you like, I go to this coffee shop and I go to this yeah. grocery store and I go to this bookstore. You feel like your world is just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you get out, you go, Oh, my world is like literally a speck of dust. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just great to see how other people, especially not in America, how they live. And yeah. it, it's so not work oriented in a way, mm-hmm. which is refreshing. Yeah. And I bet it yeah. still feeds your creativity. Like just being a human out in the world and absorbing the world is going to feed that creativity. Yeah. Is that a good accomplishment? I'm sure some people are like, oh, I ran a marathon. No. Like, oh, no. Wait, that's no. a wonderful I'm just going to say, this is a deep ass accomplishment because it's not just, I travel. It's literally, I empowered myself by paying off my debt and taking ownership of my finances. I learned how to save and become a traveler. Like, that's huge. That's like yeah. healing. And. And then also it's great that you're curious about other places because I've noticed that not everyone is curious. Sometimes people want to travel and they want to like, you know, eat and they want everyone to speak the language and they want to like stay on the resort. But I think it's wonderful that you're curious about how other people live. And I think that that is something that not only feeds your creativity, but sort of feeds you as a human being. I also really like you talking about it in context to your like, I don't know if this is a term, debt journey, but like literally in context to like coming out of debt and taking care of yourself Um, because, and I also love that that's part of your show, like that, that is like part of the character of Phoebe Hill and everything's trash is that she's in debt and has a lot of bills to pay. And I'm actually curious, like how has it felt for you drawing from your real life 
to become storylines and sort of like uh, uh, even influence characters on the show, like your brother character. Is it embarrassing? Is it fun to be able to pull from your real life? It's really fun. And I think in particular with the money essay, when I started working with my showrunner, Jonathan Groff, who is just a a dream Mm -hmm. and a vision. I love him so much. And, you know, the money essay that I wrote in the book, Everything's Trash, but it's okay, was one that we really, that really resonated for us. And we're like, oh yeah, this could really inform, you know, someone living in New York. And I think so many shows such as Sex and the City, which is canon for me. I love Love it. it. I watch Mm -hmm. it like once a year. Mm -hmm. Like I don't judge it at all. But, you know, when I was in Ohio, it was like, I would watch that. I would watch like Living Single. I would watch Felicity. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to come to New York. I'm going to have a loft apartment. (laughs) You know, I'm going to have I'm going to have all these designer clothes and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no one has a lot. No That's not a thing. No one, I mean? First of all, you're rich if you have like an extra bedroom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, if you got a coffee table, you doing better than most, you know? Yes. Like, you know it's and difference. so with the show, I really wanted to show, I think often when people think about representation, they think about gender and they think about race, which yeah. totally makes sense. And for me, as much as I love New York, there is so much class going on mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Like, what you can afford. Like, I didn't go to theater. I didn't go to Broadway for, like, the first mm. 15 years I lived here because I couldn't mm-hmm. freaking afford it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, I wanted to show this character who on the outside. She has this, like, successful podcast. It's gaining ground. But she's in her early 30s, and she still doesn't have control of her finances. And, you know, she's you know, eating dollar pizza and like hiding the reality of her bills from like her friends and her yeah. roommate. And I feel like so many people have been through that journey. And I thought like, yes, we want the show to be aspirational, but I think it could also be grounded in sort of what it is like to live in New York sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can relate to that a lot because like I literally came to New York on the Greyhound bus <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I was like, uh, I got a paid internship and I was living with my aunt in uh, the spare bedroom. And yeah, it took a long time. But I, I think also what's great about like that time in your life is that you're so excited just to be there. I'm from Michigan and I know you're from Ohio, but like getting there is getting there. like it's so um, hard in in many ways. But then it's like your your whole spirit is lit up from um, coming from this other place to New York City, which is like bright lights, big city. Until I left, I still like would sometimes look up at the Empire State Building and be like, wow, I did it. I'm here. That's so cool. Do you have any wow, I did it moments, Phoebe? Like I saw the video you posted on social of seeing your billboard in Times Square. That warmed my heart. Are there any, even if it's small, like, oh, you like got the perfect copy that you have like, wow, I did it moments in New York. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, so I moved into a new apartment Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm in my office and right now I'm looking at the statue of Lily. And so Wow, you did it. You know, wow. I mean I mean she's she's small, but she's she there. But you, but you but can see her. <laughs> but you can see her. Okay. You can see the pleats in her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can see her little green ass, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like nice because we were on the Zoom for the writer's room and half of us are in New York and half of us are in LA. And so it's just 
what's nice when we're having like these creative discussions and I can see the stature, like if I'm just writing by myself and it's like 11 p.m. and I'm like, oh, I'm so stuck. And I just look at the stature and I'm like, this is like so... No one calls it the I stash. love that she calls it the like, stash. <laughs> Staring at the stash, getting inspired. <laughs> I'm in my mid-thirds staring at the stash. <laughs> but it just was like, it's one of those things where you're like, for so many people, for so many generations, the stash, LOL, was like this beacon of hope. Yeah. And, like, a new beginning and, like, my life is going to start here because I'm in New York. And I kind of feel that way, too. When I look at it, I'm like, I'm going through this transitional time, like, career success, personal life challenges. And I just feel like I'm shedding, like, you know, Phoebe 3.0 and now I'm there's Mm -hmm. Phoebe 4.0. And it's just really cool to see, like, oh, wow, I'm, like, not living in a basement apartment with a, a mice problem like <laughs> things are okay things are you know okay. you've done it girl two-time new york best-selling author Come girl on. yes you did it yes. um that's that's beautiful and on that book note you are a publisheress Okay, so your imprint, Tiny Reparations, which, by the way, great name, specializes in authors of color and women and queer voices. I want to know what books are you reading right now that delight you? Um, I have my phone here, so I actually write down, I think starting since 2015, I write down every book that I read so I can actually Ooh. tell you the most recent books that I've read. That's so good. That's, is it is it good or is it nerdy? That's really smart. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Because, like, sometimes I, I, I have a Goodreads account. So that's kind of what how I keep track of the books that okay. I read. And I do the little book challenge every year. Uh, how many books can you read in a year? Yeah. I love that. So I really, um, this was a, a poetry collection uh, written by Jasmine Manns called Black Girl Call Home. And I mm-hmm. really liked mm-hmm. it. I thought it was phenomenal. Um I loved uh, Mickey Kendall's um, Hood Feminism, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did I? Oh, The Gift of Imperfection, Brene yeah. Brown. Oh, that oh yeah. Like, I love that great, book. That dragged me. It yeah. literally dragged me. me. I was like, I was like, okay, Brene. <laughs> I'm like, why do you know me? How do you know me and why do you hate me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I really liked it. I know this is biased, but my. But the last book that was published on my imprint called Portrait of a Thief, yeah. written mm-hmm. by Grace D. Lee. It's our first um, New York Times bestselling book oh, on our imprint. Congratulations. That's incredible. So exciting. She's a debut author. She wrote it while she was in medical school. <laughs> oh, oh, so she also what a genius. What a bad bitch. <gasps> what? Yeah. And I told her when I first met her, because I read the first page, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so obsessed with this. So I devoured the book in like a day and a half. And I was like, we have to get this book. And when I when we resumed with her, I was like, "Girl, you're you're not a doctor. You're a writer. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but screw medical school and just be a, a writer." And so to see a book like hers be successful to me, I'm like, "That's proof that we can tell other narratives yes. that aren't mm-hmm. mired in sadness." You know? That's yeah, awesome. that's that's really great. It also feels like a full circle moment, like you. Phoebe Robinson had difficulty getting your first book published. And then you started your own publishing imprint and now you 
are giving authors their first taste of what it feels like to know that you're worthy. Have you ever like walked through, like who didn't publish your book? Have you ever like walked through and done like the, what is it, Pretty Woman? Like the big mistake, huge. (laughs) (laughs) Just like show up for a meeting. They're like, we have a meeting with Phoebe Robinson and then just stand up and march out. (laughs) I haven't done that, but you know, honestly, my publisher Plume was the only place that went in my book every other wow. place that like my wow. my the agents and my you know proposal to they were like no this isn't going to sell this is like not relatable no one wants to read essay collections by black women and Ugh. i was like this is 2015 this feels ridiculous yeah. you know yeah. what i mean yeah um i gotta say that like i was i always thought you know what like hollywood is so white and then being a publisher i'm like publishing is so <laughs> white it is whiter than white <laughs> it's re- it's whiter than white and again it's a class thing like you know if you're like an editorial assistant they're paying like thirty five thousand dollars you cannot live in new york on thirty five thousand yeah, exactly. dollars. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so it's a lot of people who are like they have connections or they come from money yeah, and like yeah. they can have this experience and they don't have to worry about their bills and i'm just sort of like publishing should be for everyone this is yeah. just reading it's just, it's just reading, reading. Yeah. yeah, And like to have this sort of kind of air that it can only be for the people who can afford to be a part of the industry always mm. is kind of heartbreaking for me. Yeah, So I'm really like trying to do my part, but you know, this industry has been around for so long that it's hard to like overturn change or make, mm. or make change happen quickly. It's going to happen slowly, but mm. girl, yeah, I love the publishing industry, but I'm also like, we got a lot of fucking work to do because this is too messy. It's too messy. So when you write, when you are in your fabulous uh, new apartment, when you're looking at the statch, um, who are you listening to these days? Like what, do you like to listen to music first of all while you write or? Absolutely. I love it. It's great. Same. So, who's, um, so who's got you? I mean, this is probably the the part of me that is truly the old soul because I'm like like no one and listen I have no musical talents I'm not who who am I to say or judge but I feel like no one like new people like like even people are like oh my god Harry Styles and I'm like yes he's good looking but I'm like honey Grace Jones <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. Lennox they were doing this 30, 40 years ago, and the songs mm-hmm. are better. So I'll just listen to those, you know? <laughs> respect, respect. <laughs> so I've just been listening to, like, a lot of, like, I've been listening to a lot of, like, Shaka Khan, like, Fleetwood Mac, yeah. you know? Like, that's what I've been listening to. And then I've been, super recently, I've just, like, been listening to, like, Pete Tong, who, like, does, like, a lot of DJs and does, like, a lot of EDM. Mm-hmm. So I've just been listening to, like, EDM music. Like, <laughs> You're, like, in the club at your desk, <laughs> just jerking around and yes, typing real fast. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm loving this remix to a Seal song from, like, 92. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I just imagine you just like standing dancing with your computer, your laptop. Like, there is one, there's a current, current person that I do listen oh, to who? that I'm obsessed with. Her name is Leanne Lahava. Oh, I love Leanne Lahava. She's she's so amazing. Good. It's what you don't do. Um, That's one of her songs. Yes, yes. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
she's great. I'm like, I want to write a movie and have her like do the soundtrack. <gasps> I way, love like, that. Have that'd idea. be like so cool. That right? would be so cool. Leanne, you listening? Miss Lahavas. Yeah. Miss Lahavas. Now's your <laughs> chance. Call Phoebe. Okay. Find her on the internet. DM her. Slide in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I feel so much better now that we've talked to you, Phoebs. This was awesome. Yes, she is right. Shit still sucks in America, but it sucks a little less (laughs) because we've talked to you. Yeah. No, this was great. And it's just like, you know, the world is just heavy right now. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like, I don't know if if you guys, but I subscribe to like the New York Times alerts, which just turn them off. Yeah, you got to turn those off. Turn them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of living in a culture that's sort of like Pavlovian and sort of like that every 10 minutes, here's some more bad yeah. news for you to read. Yeah. And so, you know, not to bring it back to my show, but like everything's trash everything's right trash, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about the show is that, like, you know, for me, it's so important to just see distinctly different Black people living their lives, being confident, having fun. Yes. And I remember, like, when Groff and I were pitching the show around and, you know, sometimes execs would be like, well, what's the hook? And I'm like, what's the hook to any of these slice of life, like, white lady, white dude shows? It's just, like, they're existing and, like, their humanity is the hook. Their humanity. And I feel like people don't think that our humanity as black people, specifically as black women is enough. Yeah. And I'm like, it is. And so I just wanted something that was buoyant and joyful. And I just want us to feel better and laugh a little bit because we just can't live in the muck because then we're just going to all be depressed and we're not going to be able to change the world the way that we have the potential to. A thousand percent. I mean, you got to keep your vibes high, like, especially if you believe, you know, even a little bit in the law of attraction, Mm -hmm. we have to like keep ourselves up here. We have to keep vibrating on a high level so we can bring people along with us, you know, because getting dragged down into the muck is not going to do anything for anyone. I don't know why the industry is so obsessed with, you know, high concept things because, you know, uh, like literally one of the most successful shows, Friends, was just like a bunch of people just hanging around in apartments. (laughs) Like, so bizarre that people always want to have this hook. Yeah, why can't we just be that? Even Ted Lasso is just a guy who's clearly on the spectrum and does not respect boundaries, (laughs) but wants to bring joy. Yeah. Like, that's the whole show. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know. It's simple. It's a simple premise. Yeah. 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 So I love that. we deserve that too. We deserve that yes. too. Yeah. And everybody, please check out her show. It is so funny. Oh my God. Um, it's on, it's Hulu. on Freeform and then it's on Hulu right after, right? Yes. And streaming counts. So please stream, stream, stream. Um, uh, do you have anything else that you love that you want to plug? It can be something you love and not something you created, just something you're into right now. I really love Southside. I think it's yes. one of the funniest shows. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I'm a show. I'm like, this is a show that white people aren't going to get into, and I don't give a fuck because it's so brilliant. It's cares, so fantastic. You know? So I really love that show. Yes, and I've been like year. rewatching. I've been rewatching um, like romantic comedies. And oh, Amy, that book you said, mm-hmm. I, I read it. Yes, I read it last year. Game changer over Christmas. Yes, it's so good. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. Um, 
So I like rewatched um, Something's Gotta Give, and I'm just like, I love a Nancy Myers moment. Oh, that's a great I'm one. like here for the mm-hmm. booze. I'm here for the you know linens and everything. <laughs> the turtle <But>, <laughs> But I just, you know, I just love that movie because I'm like, Diane Keaton is like fucking 60 in that movie and like having sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. this is so fucking cool. Yes. And that that movie came out in like 2002. And I'm like, yeah. I think we kind of yeah. forget how, rev- yes, it's sort of like showing like elite coastal, like coastal elites or whatever. Right. But I'm like, this is a 60 year old woman having yeah. sex and falling in love and a guy younger than her thinking that she's sexy. Like that's revolutionary. Yep. And we gotta honor that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I'm gonna go back to my Great Nancy movie. Myers collection and you know get it popping this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dope Queen Phoebes, P-H-E-E-B-S. Thank you so much, Phoebe. We love you. We love and you. Love you back. Bye. Okay, to close us out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Make visible what without you might perhaps never have been seen. And that's by Robert Bresson. I'll say it one more time. Make visible what, without you, might perhaps never have been seen. Robert Bresson. Mm, That's a really lovely quote. I mean, it's deep as fuck, honestly. I feel like, especially with the conversation we just had with Phoebe, you, me, Phoebe, here on this call, and others in, like, you know, our generation of storytellers from Issa Rae to Quinta Brunson to um, Nicole Mm. Byer, Michelle Buteau, like, we're all literally trying so hard and working so hard to make visible what, without us, might perhaps never be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And not, not to say that the onus is on us, because all artists are trying to do that. It's not just us. We're all trying to reflect our humanity mm-hmm. to um, our viewership, our readership. Um, and I, there's part of me that like feels, you know, so often in this industry, people are like, what's your brand? And you need to be posting and get mm-hmm. on Instagram. And it can feel kind of icky. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that visibility, like being visible mm-hmm. is actually just to serve that function, yeah. to be visible. Mm-hmm. Like thinking of the guests we've had from Alok to Tunde mm-hmm. uh, to uh, Ryan O'Connell, you know, it's like people are trying to make their stories and their visibility the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so this quote is is really powerful, I think. I don't know who Robert Bresson is, but he'd be saying it. He, he put talking. his foot in this he quote. A, he put his foot up in that <laughs> he quote. He put his foot in this quote because he'd really be saying some things. He'd be saying <laughs> the truth. Yeah, yeah. What does it make you think of? Uh, well, first of all, it made me think of you because um, just mm. your uh, tribe writers and what you're doing with them is so special and oh, sort of creating you. a space for them to um, take the next steps in their career. And so you are providing a place where new voices can come through. And without you, they might not have had the chance to be seen. Um, oh, you. You're very welcome. Giving you your flowers, sis. Um, otherwise, it just makes me think of those that came before us, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
as a creative of color, as an immigrant creative, as, you know, all the different identities that I am, um, you know, I feel like this huge responsibility um, to uh, use my life to um, show parts of um, my communities that have not been seen. So by me telling my stories, hopefully that would give um, permission for other people to tell their stories. Um, And that is the number one thing I kind of want to do with my career. Of course, I have ambitions for myself, but I also have grand ambitions to become a person who can help um, people whose voices are typically not showcased to... um, bring forth their voices with whatever influence I um, am given or will be given in the future. That's a huge dream of mine. And um, I have this wall of legends in my apartment. Um, And I look at it all the time. We have Dorothy Dandridge. I have Eartha Kitt. I have Maya Angelou. I have all these incredible people. um, And I look at them often And I sort of say a silent thank you because of all of the things that they did. And because they were able to put things that hadn't been seen before in the world, I am able to put things that haven't been seen in the world. Um, And I have such a gratitude of, and I kind of think of all of us as um, artists and creatives, like in a huge circle, that we are continuously moving the culture forward and moving this world forward um, with our work, um, creating things that have not been seen. And I always get so excited when I see something or a community represented, like, um, there's a show on Peacock called We Are Lady Parts. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Great. And it's like about a punk yeah. band of like all Muslim women. And it's it's incredible. And it makes me grow and, and learn and um, and just also just see a community that I hadn't seen before and be able to laugh and, and experience the universal emotions that come with specificity. Because as yeah. we make things specific, we begin to see that our our humanity is more interlinked than um, ever before. So I do think that art is such a huge gift as far as understanding other cultures and realizing that other cultures are the same as us. So um, thank you, Robert Bresson. Uh, that is a fire-ass quote that reminds us all of the importance of making art that perhaps has never been seen before. That's what it makes me think. Thank you, you, darling. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Well, thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope that this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And look out your window and appreciate the view.
As a reminder, we'll be going on hiatus for a few weeks. So please, please, please send us your antidotes and any requests for an antidote and anything you want to tell us that is bringing you joy. And we'll be back in a quick minute (laughs) with new episodes on September 14th. We will miss you. But please go to our social (laughs) on Instagram uh, at the antidote pod. That's the with two E's. Uh, We're going to have some fun treats while we are gone. And um, always you can re-listen to your favorite episodes on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back soon. The Antidote is hosted by us. Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes Marcel Malakibu and associate producer Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes once more, please. We're gone for a month. We will miss you. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's, y'all. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>